Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome to the next episode of Paddle and Finn. I'm Scott. And always, I'm Brian. And we are talking road tripping, my friend. I love it. <laughs> I love being on the road. <laughs> so the, we're going to try to keep this uh, 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 this format going. Obviously, we've been doing a lot of fishing lately, talking about uh, our trips, uh, obviously, outside of, uh, uh, of Illinois here. And then on top of that, too, uh, we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about with regards to the YouTube channel. We're going to talk camera gear on the kayaks. Uh, I took a trip to Canada, and you uh, you went to Hayward and Green Bay. Well, Hayward, Wisconsin, and Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's awesome. So, That's yeah, awesome. we've both been on the road for a little over a week. We so. have. And we both got some uh, interesting uh, footage. Yeah, some um, video footage. So, yeah, like we talked about previously on previous episodes, we finally got our YouTube channel up and going. Um, 
you know, I did a thing on my demo day and buying my bonafide and a walkthrough. And then I just posted a video from my trip and you got a video going up as well. So we'll touch base on that towards the end of the episode. We're going to go into a little bit of uh, discussion about camera gear yeah. and stuff, filming, yeah. fishing and things like that. Awesome. So awesome. Let's, uh, let's hear about, uh, oh, Canada. Ah, <sighs> that was beautiful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so since the last show, uh, we all were kind of doing road trips, and uh, mine was up to Canada. I went up to uh, Eagle Lake yeah. in Ontario. It's about two hours north of um, International Falls. I was there once when I was 19. Were you really? I fished. I couldn't tell you much about that trip because illegal drinking age in Canada is 19. So. Gotcha. Yeah, it was a yeah. good trip. <laughs> so you think? I, I think so. I know we caught fish. How many, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, so um, spent a week up in at Eagle Lake at uh, uh, a lodge on the south end of the lake, um, okay. which focuses on muskie. So. If you don't mind me asking, what town were you closest to? up there um i believe it was kenora okay we we went out of dryden when i was up there so yeah, maybe it was dryden i'm not okay. even sure i mean it's, it's kind of um they're all kind of in that same area up there. sure okay um you know, lake of the woodsy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. through all that etc um sure. but yeah it was um it was interesting because the last time i'd been to the kenora area or uh, uh that that sort of location uh, it was with my dad Okay. And we had gone to a different lodge, which sure. was not really a lodge. It was more of like dilapidated cabins. And, okay. <laughs> uh, it was rough in it. But uh, so we went up there for a week. It was me, my brother-in-law, and my father-in-law. Sweet. And we were uh, really f- trying to focus on smallmouth and muskie, which is kind of this lake specialty. Sure. But they have walleye, supposedly. They have northern, all that stuff. And uh, we got there, and it was blistery hot, man. It was in the high 90s or mid-90s. Ooh. And... Um, so, of course, thrown for muskies becomes a little problematic or can Sure. Be. Shuts them down. It does. So, where we kind of had the expectation of really banging the muskie, at least getting a ton of follows and having it really be interesting, it was right. kind of, it was kind of really low key. And like, you Slow were lucky. To, yeah, you were lucky to get one or two uh, follows a day, let alone a muskie. So, uh, there's guys that have come back and had 20 fish weeks. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we definitely did not have that. Um, but anyway, so uh, we, we fished for muskie. We really thought if the muskie was slow, we could hit the smallies in the northern. Sure. And the northern were almost non-existent. Oh. They were like snakes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. shorties. Tight, shorties, um, which was really disappointing because that was our fallback. If the right. muskie bite wasn't on. So then we went to smallmouth. How was the smallie bite? It, we got some big fish. Uh, I posted some pics on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some big fish, but... Um, Man, it was tough. You yeah. really had to work for them. Sure. Throwing cranks, uh, I, I guess what the uh, the specialty was or whatever they said, just you know, find the dilapidated boulders and crushed rock and yeah. throw cranks, you know, craw or like a chartreuse. I had a similar situation we'll get to in, in Hayward <laughs> for sure. But, uh, well, you were throwing the Ned rig up there, I thought. You well, told me. So, so what wound up happening was we kind of went through the progression. We went through musky, and that was slow. And we every day we'd, we'd get a... A follower or two, and that was about it. I caught the first musk or the second muskie. My father-in-law caught a very small one. Okay. Um, and then uh, just throwing cranks for smallies. And I, I mean, it was really small as a snake. And well, then, you also got the biggest muskie. As well, well right? and then I and then I actually hit one on a um, a maps 
and that was about 30 inches. Not a big muskie by any stretch. But it's still a ski, man. It is. And, it's, <laughs> and, and the picture, actually, I think makes it look bigger than it was. So that's always good. <laughs> I know you had texted it to me when I was up in Hayward. And I got it. I thought it was, you know, a good... Good starter muskie. 36 sure. inch plus fish. It was only know? 30, man. We Yeah, I it. mean, he looks bigger than he actually was, I For guess. For sure. But, For um, sure. Still cool, man. I mean, I've never personally caught a muskie before. Really? I so, didn't know that. I, but yeah. I've never, I've never really fished for him. Well, that was my first muskie. Oh, okay, okay. I've never caught one either. In fact, the last two years, me and my brother-in-law have kind of been getting into muskie fishing in Pewaukee and sure. some other places. So, um, so I was excited to get them just because it was like a natural thing. You know? What Heck I mean? yeah, man. So, yeah. Well, you know, we'll get into it later, but uh, you know, it's like we've been talking a little bit of walleye fishing lately, and you know, I've made a couple trips up to Green Bay, but um, our man Scott Purs was up there. He t- had a 17-year-old kid out in the boat, and they caught a 30 and a half inch walleye, which is like he'll that kid will never catch a fish like that again. Right. right. You know, so I th- I think me personally, I'd rather catch that 30 inch muskie, and then that gives me a little taste, right, and the craving to keep Go going after sure, it and finding sure. bigger ones for sure. 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 So. So, um, like I said, the fishing was really slow. In fact, by midweek, we had kind of reverted to, uh, we kind of went through the muskie, the northern, to the smallmouth. And then we eventually wound up, believe it or not, jigging for walleyes on, like, these hard rock bottoms. And actually, that was our best fishing of the, of the week, which was kind of sad, because you know me and walleye fishing. Yeah. Jigging <laughs> for walleyes. But, uh, what was the biggest walleye? Uh, I caught a troll, and I think. Oh, well, I actually, I take it back. I think my father-in-law caught the biggest one. I think it was twenty-six. Okay, um, twenty-five somewhere in there. Sure, that's um, a good fish. And mine was just below that, probably twenty-four inches. Um, okay, trolling uh, cranks, but uh, so that was kind of uh, that. At least gave us some like moral victory. Yeah, to right, fish right. the rest of the day, and I feel like a total failure. Well, I I think even still, I mean, if you're having multi-species day, that's that's an accomplishment in its own. You for know? sure, for sure. So. <clears throat> so anyway, so the, the lodge we went to actually has a couple excursions. Uh, they have a musky lake, a crappie lake, uh, and I'm thinking like trout pond, you know, throw sure. corn in the water, sure. and, you know, yeah. get the bamboo pole. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and, uh, but actually we went on the musky excursion on Thursday, and what it basically is, it's in Portage Lake, and you go in this Argo. Oh, nice. So he, he boats you back into this area, and then you go on this this Argo, which has like you know four wheels on each side. Yeah, yeah. You're in like this. You feel like you're in you know something from the 70s, like a battle tank. Almost. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, you go to this lake, and it's literally you're not going to catch anything. He said the biggest they've ever gotten was 40 inch musky out of there. Sure. But most of them were around 25 to 30 inches. Good fighting fish. And it is nonstop. You burn bucktails, and it is literally. I, I caught nine musky that day. That's awesome. So they weren't big, you know. Yeah, but, but it was, still, it's a lot of fun. It was. I mean, that's like fishing my home lake, you know. You bang some big, some decent-sized pike. For sure, you know? for sure. Like in that uh, 24 to mm-hmm. 28-inch range, you know. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally you might run into a big one, yep. but still a ton of fun. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Well, and what was cool about it was I actually got a chance to spend some time with uh, the guy driving my boat. We had two, you know, aluminum 12 or 14 footers sure was the lodge guide or the lodge owner sure and so uh he was giving me tips on the proper way to figure eight which i didn't understand um like for instance like instead of i was doing real tight figure eights sure and it's really hard for the fish to follow that so you really want to go wide 
yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And really lean over and try to get it as, as straight line as you can, I guess. I've noticed that because uh, I follow a guy on YouTube, uh, AP Bassin, yeah. young kid. Yeah, yeah, I've watched stuff from him. And they were up in Lake in the Woods musky fishing and yeah. they were doing these huge figure eights where like i thought the kid was gonna fall out of the no, boat for sure you know and they got their rods stuck you know three four feet down yeah, in the yeah, water yeah, yeah you yeah. know and they're doing these huge wide loops so i mean that kind of makes sense well now to me. the other thing that was really interesting too was not only the figure eight and doing learning how to do that property and the, and the nice thing was there were so many fish follows yeah because i probably i had nine fish and i probably had an additional probably 15 follows so think about that. Yeah. On right, a musky right. day, that's, that's a crazy musky day, but they're small. That's crazy. Fur, you yeah. know what I mean? Sure. So, but still, I mean, I'm sure those fish put up a good fight, right? They totally did. And I've got some footage I'll be throwing up on uh, on YouTube to show you guys. But uh, what's interesting is um, the other thing that was interesting was the fact that the bucktail's uh, blade had everything to do with it. So my father-in-law yeah, and brother-in-law started out with uh, an orange uh, blade. Sure. And uh, me and... Um, uh, the owner were, were using these either uh, copper or metal flash, yeah. like a silver right blade. We were just hammering them, getting a ton of follows. And we go to their boat, and they're like, we haven't even seen a fish yet. You know, That's funny. So my brother-in-law saw what we were using, and just instinctively he switched, switched over, over and then just started hammering them. He got nine as well. That's cool. So I think we had about like 20... With all three of us, we probably had, well, if we're just counting the guests, I mean, it was probably like 23 muskie in one day. That's awesome. And it was not a full day. It was like four hours of fishing. That's awesome. So, I mean, it was kind of, you know, it was a blast. Yeah, shooting fish in a barrel. It was. But the cool <laughs> thing about the lake, too, was it was not a trout pond like I thought it was going to be. Yeah, right, right. It was right, fairly right. good size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So. And you had to work for them, too, you know? It wasn't like... Right. They were just jumping right. in the boat, and we so. tried a bunch of different locations. And I mean, it was it was actually not as it wasn't cheesy at all. It was actually very cool, awesome. Um, and then we told them we're like we'd also like to do the smallmouth excursion because he has he has a smallie lake. Sure, sure, sure. So sure. we uh, went to that one. That was an interesting adventure because you drive down these logging roads from yeah. the lodge, and then you walk down this trail that him and like four other guys cleared up, you know, weeks before. And it's like it's like treacherous. I mean, it was awesome. Sure, it was, it was like you were really like on an adventure. Yeah, you know? roughing it, old school. And way. Uh, and you come out to this like cabin uh, that was brand new. It's got uh, uh, what do you call it? Solar power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a boathouse. I mean, it was very very cool. And what you do is you fish for smallies, uh, and then what you do is you come back in and he cooks you shore lunch. That's cool. So it was a lot of fun. But I'm telling you what, man, we were banging smallies uh, from the time we got there. I mean, uh, my brother-in-law was using a, uh, a drop shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my father-in-law was using a crank, and that's where I you was got using the Ned, Ned rig. rig. Yeah. yeah. So I finally got my first few fish on the Ned rig. And you were you were beating the fish up. Compared to the other boys, right? Well, you know, uh, we had talked uh, a couple episodes ago um, with Jay Randall, and I was texting him uh, on his success on the Kish, hitting smallies. Yeah, sure. And he told me, he's like, well, you got to use the Ned Rig, because they did it on Ned Rig. And he's sure. like, you got to do it on a hard rock bottom. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, I'm in a shield lake. Like, it is nothing but hard rock bottom. So I'm like, I'm going to tie this thing on. That thing wouldn't even make it down to the bottom. I'd watch my line, and as it's just trailing down it started taking off yeah Yeah. i mean and it was like one after the other it was like awesome oh yeah that's awesome it was like the trout pond so uh, that was kind of fun 
Well, in that short lunch you mentioned, you uh, you tried something different, right? I totally did, man. I uh, I never had bass before, and uh, usually they don't eat them up there, but uh, this lake is overrun with smallmouth. Sure. So I asked the guy, I said, uh, you know, because we brought a bunch of walleye that we had caught earlier in the week. Right. And I said, hey, I said, uh, uh, would you mind if you kept a smallie? I want to try a smallmouth sure. for, for lunch. And uh, I'd heard a lot of rumors, uh, they're musty, you know, largies and smallies don't taste well, they're not a good eating fish. I've always heard they're oily. Oily, right? I've tried them before. And I'm telling you, man, um, he comes out, we're sitting on the deck, it's a beautiful day, we're all looking out at the water, and he comes out with the plate, and he's like, here's your smallmouth, and it was delicious. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. Tasted like a walleye, right? It did totally. Yeah. It, it was a little different texture. Sure. Because it was a little thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but no, it tasted awesome. It was That's cool. Yeah, it was really, really good. I forget uh, where I saw it, but uh, they they cooked a pike and a walleye, and they mixed the fillets up, and only one guy knew which ones were which. Yeah. Guys couldn't even talk. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing when you're cooking any kind type of game or fish is the way it's prepped and sure. cooked. Sure, know? sure, sure. For sure. So Yeah, so um so we did the small excursion. I think we caught we counted it up. I forget what it was. Um it was probably to the tune of like thirty fish. Nice. You know, thirty or forty fish for all of us during for the, the smallmouth? Yeah, for the smallmouth. Nice. And again, that was probably like four or five hours of fishing. Sure. Maybe less with travel. But anyway, so then we decided uh, we, we left uh, Saturday morning really early. And uh, on the way back from Canada, we stopped at Pelican Lake in Minnesota. Yeah. And Orr. There's a yeah, couple yeah. different Pelican yeah, Lakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my brother-in-law had been talking big time about it. And I was kind of like, I get it, but, you know, we're not going to slam him. Well, we slammed him. He was spot on. <laughs> So and, and it was my fa- it's my favorite. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Topwater frogging. Oh yeah. We had um, we fished on Saturday from about uh, I forget what time it was. Is uh, we fished about four or five hours on Saturday and um, literally we caught forty two largemouth between three of us, all on frogs, all in rice grass and like uh, lily pads. Lily pads, you were pads man, and That's it awesome. was. It was crazy. The biggest one my brother-in-law got, it was probably uh, uh, just south of 19 inches. We weighed it. It was three, 3.8 pounds. Nice. Well, here's what's co- so cool. I don't know if I told you this. Uh, it, we we saw the fish, and it just had a gorged belly. And yeah. I, you saw I the saw picture. the picture. I it looks way it bigger beast. than... Right. It looks yeah, way I bigger. thought it was like five, six-pound fish. For sure. And so he said, let's put it on the... I said, let's put it on the scale. And he's like, yeah, yeah, So we put it on the scale, and it comes out 3.8. And he goes, I don't think your scale's right. Yeah. He goes, where's your tape measure? Or yeah, I've got one of those measuring rules that has the poundage written on the... Right, right. So we measured it, and it was just south of 19. 19-inch 19 largemouth was uh, 3.9. Yep. And this was just south, and it was 3.8. It was like spot on. That's funny. So we kind of validated yeah. that yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. to that, you know? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, that's like, you know, uh, in our last episode, you know, Scott Purge was talking about uh, the walleyes. Like a 26-inch fish was 6 pounds, 27, 7 yeah, pounds, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. That's very yeah, it was, cool. So, so we, we slayed them. We had 42 in like four or five hours. And I want to say we at least had uh, an equal amount of blow-ups that we missed. So, that's awesome. I mean, in like five hours, we had like 80 blow-ups. I mean, it was, it was so fun. 
I mean, you can't beat any kind of top water bite, especially when you're thrown in that kind of like lily pad and grass like that, where you would think a fish would never come out of there. And then they, it's like a beast just woke cracking out of an egg or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, a couple different things about it. We were thrown in this tall, I don't know if it's rice grass. I call it rice grass, but it's a real tall, like reed. Yeah. Thin grass almost. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's firm. Okay. And like if you hooked up like so many times. Yeah. Yeah. A bass would blow up on your frog. The hooks would get exposed, and he'd lock you up in the in the grass. And you'd have to pull this grass in, and it was like thick. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so you'd throw your bait in, and that frog would hit, and the line would get tied up, and you'd be like dancing across the top of these reeds. You'd go fifteen feet without hitting the water. Sometimes that's crazy. You know, by jerking it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then there were a couple times where it actually got in the water, but the line was kind of up over the grass. Yeah. And you could actually do that thing you see on YouTube where the yeah. guys kind of. You know, uh, bouncing it bounce, up and yeah, up and down. Bounce it up and out of the water. Fish hits and... it. That's awesome. That's awesome. But it was it was it was super fun, man. It was uh, it was a great way to end the trip for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, whereabouts in Minnesota is that exactly? Is it up by International Falls? Or no, it... it's. Uh, I've heard that town before. That you it's, it's like directly south, I guess. Okay. Maybe it's a little. Might be a little bit to the east, uh, but it's an ore. Okay. Uh, there's a couple different pelicans. Like I typed in. Uh, pelican because we want to get the coordinates for his for his depth finder sure 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 gps sure. in there and i of course said pelican like minnesota and like had Ate the wrong them. ones yeah, yeah so showed up yeah but this one's out of ore and uh it's got the little bluegill yeah yeah it's a bluegill capital or something like oh that. okay it's yeah, got yeah. that little bluegill statue thing. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've heard of ore i know that i'm just trying to picture where it was i was just picking your brain to yeah kind of yeah, figure that out yeah but, but uh, so that was really, really cool. And then um, there were a couple big northern hits, too. My father-in-law, there was a massive blow-up right in front of him, boat side. Captain Ultralight? Oh, yeah. Oh, and that thing shredded that line like you would not believe. He he, he pulled, he reared back for like three seconds. And, oh, and then basically man. pulled back an empty, That's empty line. Funny. So. That's funny. <laughs> Remind me that next time I see him. That's funny. He's a good guy, though. But I got to tell you, when when you look at, um, you look at these trips, like I'm kind of like, you know, I think I'm going to. Maybe do some trips locally, relatively local, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, etc. So tell yeah. me about your trip to Hayward. Yeah, we talked about that, you know, yeah. and I'll talk about that when we get to Green Bay. But uh, it was uh, it was a trip for sure. Um, you know, my wife and I were looking around, and you know, we were talking about uh, doing some vacationing with the kids before they went back to school. So. Um, you know, that week I was gone, that was the week before they started school. And we were looking around and I said, you know what, you know, cause we have a timeshare out West and stuff. And I was like, I don't feel like going out there. To, why don't we get like a lake house up North, you know? Yeah. So we started looking around and, um, I found a place that, um, you know, basically what it is, it's almost like VRBO. If you know what that is, a friend of mine rents his house out in Colorado through that uh, particular application, but it's for people that have like vacation homes and when they're not up there, they rent them out and it usually goes through a property management company. So that's kind of what the place was that uh, we stayed at. And um, man, the place was beautiful right on the water. We were on Nelson Lake right on the edge of Hayward. Hayward's got, if I had to guess, seven or eight lakes like bam right there around the center of town, so to speak. 
Um, so we got up there late Friday night. Um, Saturday, I started to venture out, and uh, I brought up my Bonafide and um, dropped it in the water. It was sweet because I got to just tie it up at the How dock cool every is night. that? So that picture is awesome, by the way. Every day, I would just walk down to the ramp, jump in, or to the dock, and jump in my Bonafide and just paddle away. That it was so awesome. Cool. But, uh, you know, I had uh, done a little research on the lake, and I was, you know, from according to the Wisconsin DNR, that lake is supposed to be abundant with walleye. Um, Largemouth, smallmouth are common. Um, Northern pike are present. Gotcha. So after getting up there, you know, I had the kids and stuff with us. Uh, My wife fished a ton. I mean, it's probably the most my family's, like, fished in years you know from our sure. you know going back to you know fishing lake geneva all the time and uh i went to this little bait shop that was right there by the lake uh minnow gyms and i was talking to the folks there you know trying to get some info on the walleyes and they're like eh i'm like eh like i thought this lake was supposed to be just like chalked full of walleyes right well it sounds like the the lake got fished out or there may have been some other things involved in that. And the walleye population is coming back. It seems like it got decimate, decimated back in like mid to late 2000s. Yeah. And the DNR has been like doing some rigorous like restocking of the lake. Right. And there, there's some good fish being caught. And they had told me some spots and how to fish them. But it was a little out of reach for the kayak. Because I think that lake was like 2,000 acres or something. I mean, it's a big lake. And did and you I say would, it was like a two-mile paddle <coughs> one way? Yeah. It probably would have been like a good two-mile paddle one way. Wow. To get to these spots. Sure. Um, so, you know what? I said, you know, screw it. You know, there's there's tons of bass in this place. Um, I'm just going to go for bass. And... Right out from uh, our dock, little distance, there was like these three little islands surrounded by rocks, lily pads, uh, weeds, you know, you name it, it was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trees that had fallen down in the water. And um, yeah, man, I I got out there and, you know, I, I forget what I had started throwing, but I said, you know, it rocks, like, you know. Ever since I was a kid, I remember flipping rocks and creeks and finding crayfish. Yep. So I tied on a two-odd offset hook, and um, I started with a Berkeley chigger craw because that's what I had accessible to me because that's what I always throw on the back of my chatter baits when I'm throwing chatters by the rocks, which I think that's what I had started throwing. Gotcha. Didn't get anything. So I threw on uh, the two-odd hook, the chigger craw, and... uh, Cone weight, three sixteenths ounce, and I started bouncing it off the rocks, and bam, bam, bam. You know, I'm like, okay, I figured them out. Well, those chigger craws, they only last like two or three fish. For sure. So I, I was telling you, you know, I had some Z-mans that I had found, you yep. know, because around here, anybody that's got Z-man baits, they're 90% of the time out of stock, Yep. you know. So I had found those, and uh, I threw one on. I fished that same plastic bait all week and probably caught 50 fish you know and i could still use it you know what i mean like that's crazy but uh in the evenings i would focus on lily pads and i was throwing the booyah uh pad crasher yep 
And I got some blow-ups on that. One of my biggest fish of the week came on that. It was probably a 17-inch fish. And, of course, it was earlier in the week. I wasn't videoing at the time. Sure. So, you know, I was trying to figure out the lake before I actually brought out the cameras and started, you know, messing with that whole situation. And then um, towards the end of the week, I think it was Thursday, um, I got out late and... I go straight to this spot around an island that I was fishing all week. And there's a falling down pine tree in the water. And uh, to the right of it was this big rocky area Mm -hmm. where I'd been banging fish with that craw. And I uh, paddle over there. And usually the wind would blow me into that log. So I just paddle up to it. And then the log would keep me in place as I fish this spot. Sure. And I get over there uh, that morning, got out a little late, and I noticed this spinnerbait's hung up on this log. So I pull it off, and I actually have the GoPros and the cameras going and stuff. Pull it off the log, I tie it onto a rod, cast it, and I think it was like the second or third cast, I get a little largemouth. That's awesome. So then I, Is that the one in the video it's, on Yeah, it's in the video. So then I proceed to, I think in the video I only put like three or four fish that I caught in there, but... I probably caught six to eight fish off that spinnerbait in a couple hours. That's awesome. I mean, it was a brand new booyah spinnerbait with a little twister tail on the back. So that was definitely cool. You know, it was, uh, you know, one of those things, you know, you find lures hung up all the time and, you know, just, just tie it on and start banging fish. It was right. cool. So. That's very cool. Yeah, I did that. Um, yeah, it was the frogging, the crayfish, uh, the spinnerbait. I think those were probably my best tactics um, throughout the week. You know, I did catch some fish on uh, a few other, you know, assorted lures, so to speak. You know, I had all my rods in the in my black pack in the back of my kayak. So um, yeah, it, it it was cool. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed that the walleye fishing wasn't what i had read it would be but however you know the bass fishing made up for it the wife and kids caught a ton of bluegills and crappies off the end of the pier so that was cool and i also caught a bonus pike which that kind of like threw me through a loop because pike were only supposed to be present in this lake and not you was know it, a common. it was you know maybe a 20 21 inch or sure. something like that sure i caught it right off the end of the pier on the on the crayfish no way yeah he smacked it right by the boat lift so it it was different it was cool but um you know i mean the biggest thing of that week was you know just spending time with the family and stuff before we get back into the you know the grind of school and work and everything else so real quick that whole area of hayward i mean there's a bunch of lakes there right so you're on nelson lake but isn't there like a bunch of them yeah so i did some research because i figured if the lake was a bust i was going to go do some adventuring and i had talked to you you know because you were going musky fishing i had never done it so i had actually considered maybe going out and trying to bang a musky out of the kayak sure um and up in hayward uh I think it's the Chamber of Commerce or something. They put together a list of like, here's all the lakes that you have a chance at catching a trophy muskie. Here's the lakes that best chance of catching a muskie. Of catching a muskie, they won't be big, but sure. they're abundant. And they did the same thing with the bass lakes, the really? walleye lakes, all that stuff. And so I had those lists. Um, 
saved on my laptop and I had thought about going around, but if I had to guess right in that area, there's probably 40, 50 lakes within 20 minutes, 30 minutes drive time, you know, and I could have gone and fished for any kind of fish, you know? So, I mean, yeah, if I wanted to go catch walleyes, I could have gone down to the, you know, Chippewa flowage is there. Sure. Um, what the heck is the name of that lake where the guy caught that huge muskie way back in the day? There's like a famous picture of him holding it. He's got like suspenders on. Sure. Um, court something. Uh, but that lake's right there. Yep. Um, you know, there's a few other ones. Hayward Lake, I think, is right in downtown Hayward. Gotcha. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, that was my first time being in that area of Wisconsin, the Hayward yeah. side. I've always been a little bit more central or east. Yep. Um, and I got to say, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. That's I'd definitely awesome. go back, and um, I'd even stay on that Nelson Lake or try some other lakes around there. I mean, yeah. the the whole scene up there was just super awesome, super peaceful. Everybody was friendly. It was funny because I'm sure they don't see many kayaks like ours, right? And um the one night these folks were pulling out their boat by the uh, boat ramp and I'm paddling by. I got six rods sticking out of the back of my right. kayak, right. my black pack. I got GoPros mounted on my front cover, this and that. And the lady's like, that's a sweet rig. I was like, yeah, thanks, you know. She goes, you got cable TV on that too? <laughs> I said, not yet. I'm working on it. But it's actually going to be a dish. That way I don't have to run a cable out to the kayak. So we got a laugh out of it, you know. It was just kind of funny, you know, because that bonafide, it's it's different looking compared to your typical kayak. You well, know? sure, so, sure. And, and it was funny because uh, the lady was there with her son, and I'm assuming her husband was grabbing the trailer, and then there was another guy waiting for them to pull out so he could pull his bow out. And we were all cracking up laughing. And so it was, it was pretty funny for sure. So then um, you actually didn't go home from Hayward. You actually shot over to Green Bay, correct? Yeah, heck no. I wasn't going home. <laughs> I wasn't done fishing yet. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that following Friday, I left Hayward at uh, 7.30 in the morning. Drove over to Oconto, which is on the north side of Green Bay. And... Um, that that drive, unbelievable. What do you mean? I drove all the way across the northern half of the state, you know, because there's no interstate, so it was all back roads basically. All the way, like really. County highways, yeah, yeah. city highways, unbelievable. I probably passed another hundred lakes on my way there. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so I got to Green Bay um, around noon. I want to say it was. Um, I had my bonafide with me and. Um, you know, met up with uh, Scott Purs and Jay Randall, came up with Scott, and uh, Jay had to work a half day. So they left uh, northern Illinois around 1230, I think it was. And I got to Green Bay at 12, so I was like, I'm not sitting around. So I went out in my bonafide in the harbor of Ocano. There's a huge rock break wall, and uh, I was throwing my crayfish in there uh, fishing while I was waiting for those guys to drive up. And I hooked into one. He was probably 12, 14-inch smallie. Yeah, yeah. And then I probably missed three other fish. I only fished for maybe two and a half hours or so. Um, so then I pulled out, went back to the campground where Scott's got his uh, ice castle and his boat set up. Sure. And uh, I got the boat uncovered and ready. So when those guys got there, Scotty backed in, hooked up the boat. We went out fishing. And... Uh, 
you know, it's interesting because, you know, Jay is a very knowledgeable person. He's a, a very oh, yeah. yep. good fisherman for sure. And he likes to go after multi-species. And this was his first time going after walleyes. Right. And uh, towards the end of the, you know, on the drive home, me and Jay rode home together. He's like, man, I was so out of my element. And, you know, I kind of take that for granted, you know, because I've been fishing with Scott for so sure. long. Like, and I know the setup, how everything's run. And, you know, it made me think back to, like, my beginning days of, you know, trolling walleyes. You know, we pulled meat all weekend. Um, so that Friday they got up there, we all got up there. We only fished for, like, two and a half hours, but we caught five or six fish. Sure. And I think the biggest was like 24. So that's a good fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they were good eaters. And then, you know, we cleaned and went back to the the uh, <clears throat> the house there. And uh, Scott cooked a fresh walleye for us. How awesome was that? I'm telling you right now, that was the best walleye I've ever eaten in my life. So describe his process. So, so... so he, um, you know, I've always cooked it. You know, I'll take a skillet pan, kind of fill it half full with oil, yep. you know, whatever, bread it, however, and, you know, fry it. He had just a little bit of oil in the bottom of the pan, and he threw, like, four thin slices of butter in there yep. that melted. Yep. Um, he had me pat dry the fillets, and then he shook them in uh, just original shore lunch. Or, I'm sorry, pat dried the fillets. He dipped them in eggs, you know you know yep. scrambled them up or whatever um liquid scramble and uh dipped them in there then uh shook them in a you know ziploc baggie with just original shore lunch and yeah. then cooked them yeah yeah Dude, it was unbelievable it was cooked so perfect and yeah. i actually cooked some last night kind of the same style how'd it come out Dude, it was, oh. my wife's like they yeah yeah you're getting better at that you know so. By the way, I hate all of you because all I hear is how last night <laughs> Scott cooked fish, you cooked fish, Jay cooked, cooked fish. fish. Yeah, and I, you know. Hey, I got fillets for you, man. <laughs> and, of course, I forgot to bring them to you today. But, uh, yeah, so then um, Saturday morning the weather changed a little bit because there was a little bit of chop Friday evening. Sure. You know, uh, nice And that's good breeze, for the troll, sunny. right? Yeah, you want a little bit of a right. chop because right. – Green Bay, believe it or not, the water is pretty darn clear. Sure. And you want that chop to break up the sunlight penetrating through that water. So we get out uh, uh, Saturday morning, and there was like three-footers, three-foot waves. Oh, boy. There were rollers, you know, and there was an occasional four in there, you mm -hmm. know. Jay was kind of swerving in the yeah. boat, and I was doing the same thing. And it was weird because we were talking about it Saturday night where, like, Hours after getting off the boat, you still feel like you're oh, yeah. in waves, you yeah. know. So it was kind of different. Um, but uh, me and Scott were like, yeah, Jay, what do you think? You get your kayak out here? He's like, yeah, I could probably do it in the Kusa. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. So we got a little challenge going. You know, We might have Jay dropped off in the middle of Green Bay in four-foot waves and see how he does. <laughs> but, well, real quick on that, um, when I was looking to buy my new canoe, yeah, I found a video on YouTube. Where they actually took a guy out to the Gulf of Mexico, and he caught an amberjack just sitting in a new canoe, sure. Frontier Twelve. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he's on his knees and he's trying to reel this thing in, and they just dropped him off, like you know, and they're just filming him. He's on uh, his own, and it's like the most ridiculous thing you've ever that's seen. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I could just see it now. What are those guys doing over there? But uh, it was good. Uh, Saturday ended up being a, a good day. I think we boated. 
it's 11 or 12 walleyes. Um, 26 and a half, 26 and three quarter was the biggest. Nice. I reeled that one in. So would you say Saturday was better than Friday? Uh, well, size wise, si- yeah, size wise, we probably got more more biggins than we did. Sure. Um, well, I take that back. You know, we try not to keep anything over 23 inches. Sometimes right, 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 when right. you're, you know, you got someone like Jay who's new to it, you'll keep a 24 for some fillets. Sure. But anything over that. There was a couple tournaments going on that weekend too, so yeah. you don't want to take those tournament fish no, out of the water. Sure. Not only that, those are your good breeder fish. So the twenty-six and three-quarter that I caught um, actually went back into the drink, and uh, I think we even got a twenty-five too okay. that we dumped back, and uh, we got some still pictures of that. You know, whatever. That's that's more than plenty. So we got, I think it was like ten or eleven. Uh, fish for fillets out of the three of us you're allowed five fish a man gotcha um but it was funny because you know we just jay kind of sat back he filmed a bunch yep um because he's got a youtube channel as well and you know he wanted to have the footage so he can go back review it things like that um and it was good because you know i've i've been with scott when we've had a lot of new guys to that type of fishing and Jay, by far, was the guy asking the most questions. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Yeah, sure. What does this do? What does that yep. do? So it was really good to, you know, see that and um, see him pick up on the concept of everything and really take to it, you know. So Saturday, he spent most of the day reeling in fish. Sure. You know, and me and Scott were, or, you know, Scott was driving the boat. Mostly I was running lines. Right. You know, so that was good. And then... Um, Sunday we fished, uh, you know, a good chunk of the day until we ran out of night crawlers because we caught so many fish. Um, and I think we kept another 10 fish, you know. So you guys so got three good days in. Three, three good days of fishing. Well, two and a, two and a quarter, sure, really, sure. you know. But, uh, yeah, we got some quality fishing time in. And, you know, other than walleyes, we caught, you know, some white bass, uh, White bass, catfish, drum, um, which Jay's got a new new nickname. It's uh, Captain Drum or Captain Rubber Lips. Rubber Lips. Yeah, because we call that. drum Rubber Lips, you yeah. know, and it seemed like every time he picked up the rod, there was a drum on the end, <laughs> and he was getting a little frustrated with that. But, uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, the problem we ran into Sunday the weather changed again and it was almost like flat calm and hot sure sunshine and bluebird skies but we still nailed fish sure you know so it it was good you know um jay's got some uh really good footage and uh we'll we'll share a link to his video i'm sure when it comes out because uh i kind of helped him film a little bit and you know uh he did some interviews with scott on rigging and things like that and uh i even did a walkthrough on the gear for him yep. so um it'll be cool it'll be really cool but Super cool yeah so you guys got, had a good time yeah really good time caught a ton of meat and uh you know look forward to getting That's back awesome. up there so so i guess since we're on the topic um let's take a step back and talk a little bit about camera gear yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you did a bunch of filming on Hayward out of your kayak. So maybe you could explain your the cameras you're using, kind of the setup with your views, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I got a couple different views set up, and uh, I got a couple ideas in the works too for uh, in regards to filming off my kayak. 
I um, I'm running two GoPro Hero Five Blacks, and then I also have a Sony. I think it's the it's either RX or DCM one hundred. It's a DLR, a digital camera. Um, yeah, it's it's a point and shoot camera, but it's a little higher end. Yeah. Um, so I got that, and um, you know, on my uh, demo video on on YouTube, you can actually see the um, you can see where I have two mounts set up on the front um, uh, lid, uh, storage lid for my kayak. So sometimes I'm pointing one straight out from the boat and one back at me. Or what I've been doing lately is just putting the one pointing back at my chair. And then uh, I've been using the chesty strap um, for the GoPro pointing out towards the water. Well, it's funny. On your video, I can actually see... Like when you're reeling and fishing stuff, I can see it on your... How was that? Was it cumbersome? Um, It's not bad. Um, I don't like wearing my pdf with it because then i you know i can't feel where it's at so i usually put my pdf like right behind me or right under my seat um and then my other camera i can um i just have it set up on a little tripod i don't usually keep that thing set up just because it's it's like an eight hundred dollar nine hundred dollar camera i don't want it to fall in the water so i usually throw it in my dry storage and i pull it out when i want to like do an interview of myself catching a fish or whatever um all my stuff shoots in 4k so that wreaks havoc on the on the computer and everything and rendering and whatnot but uh I also have uh, an arm that I'm going to put in use that slides right into uh, uh, one of the rail tracks on my boat. Um, might utilize that for a different point of view. And uh, I also have a setup for doing a GoPro on my hat as well. Sure, so, sure. Um, that, front, that front camera you mounted, I saw it last time we went out on your lake, um, is, did you drill into that cover on the front of your kayak? Or is no, that it's, a, it's a 3M oh, double-sided okay. sticky tape almost. Solid? Yeah, it's solid. I've had no issues okay. with it. Good to know. I mean, I've whacked it a couple times sure. with my fishing rod, you know, because sure. I lay my rods up there, but I've had no issues Got with it, it moving or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And I actually put one of those mounts on the back of Scott Purse's, uh big motor on his boat oh no way um for filming so it's so, sitting over the water yeah and, and and i've had that on while he's taken off doing 55 miles an hour no across way. green bay and the thing doesn't no move. Problem. that sticky tape does an awesome That's job cool. That's yeah cool. so i mean i got uh i got three cameras i'm running um you know i'm gonna start doing some more uh different angled shots and goofy shots and you know it's fun um this past weekend up in green bay filming with jay because we were kind of bouncing ideas off each other and uh he had a mount that went on the net so we had a gopro on the net as we were catching fish and then some of the fish that we released we let them sit in the net and we drop it down in the water so the gopro was underwater too and you can see him swim out of the net and stuff so i haven't even looked at that footage because 
I spent hours like editing that Hayward footage, so I haven't even looked at that stuff. And uh, you know, me and Jay were talking; he's just going to release the video for that. But I have other footage from the first time I went up with Scott sure. this year, so I got to edit through that and put that stuff together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's you know, filming isn't the easiest thing, especially when you're by yourself. And you know, that was a conversation me and you had and i had it with jay on the drive home you know it's like you know you want to get all these different shots so that way you got good content and you're creating video and stuff whereas you know if you got a buddy out with you you guys can take turns you know filming it It, it's kind of cool you know especially like last night i was thinking about it as i was going through editing the hayward stuff like you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember fishing that spot. And, oh, I remember catching that fish, you know. It's kind of cool to look back at it. And not only that, but, like, it was funny. I was looking at that footage last night as I was editing. And there was times when I was jigging that crayfish where I was like, what are you doing, dummy? You got your rod tip too high. You know, you're not going to have enough room to You're really being hook. critical of your own technique. I was. I was <laughs> you know, and which, which can be key. Like, you know, and I guess that comes from back in the day when I was a kid and I was doing a lot of skateboarding and snowboarding, we would actually film each other and we would go back, review that footage. And it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No wonder why I look like, you know, a schmo, right. Right. you know, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. You know, it, I think it's a huge thing to help you. I mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm more of a visual learner than a, a book book learning out of a book, so to speak. Sure. So, I mean, that definitely helps me. Like, you know, I was definitely critiquing myself yep. last night as I was going through footage. So, but I mean, you, you're running a GoPro, right? I got, I got a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> a little different approach. Um, I've got, uh, I've got two those Amazon knockoff GoPros that sure. you get on, on Amazon. Uh, Asako is the latest yeah, one. Yeah. That's 4K. Sure. Uh, and then I've got an older version of that that I think that it tops out at 1080p. But uh, what's interesting or what was really cool uh, about the Canada trip was I brought it with. Mm-hmm. And I'll post it on our YouTube channel. Yeah. But I, I made a video as well of the, that musky day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was pretty cool from the aspect of uh, I just bought one. I didn't know what I was going to have to work with from a mounting perspective. Sure. So what I wound up doing was um, I wound up... Uh, buying this clip it's like this robot arm uh-huh. it's got like a what do you call it a, a movable sort of uh, uh arm that you can kind of set in different positions yeah sure sure, but sure. it's got a clamp it's really solid that's awesome yeah <clears throat> so, jay, jay had something similar okay. up in green bay yeah, yeah, yeah. And i don't like i don't have one yeah yeah anyway um we i wound up doing that for some of the boating shots and then for the releasing of the fish or catching, yeah i did some some footage of a figure eight where we're actually trying to get a, a muskie yeah followed it all the way in and you can see him kind of you showed me that there. that's some pretty cool footage yeah. for sure and um and the the first thing that uh, uh the owner asked me is like can you do upside down mode on that so you can, dump it in the water and we can actually do some release footage and i'm like i don't know you know yeah. i mean they're cheap i'm like i'm not sure you can do that well sure enough it had an upside down setting on it the only thing is it won't flip automatically so if you set it upside down it's upside down if you set, you know what See, i mean i think the gopros will do it automatically Go, gopro does right. it automatically and that's a difference yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, long story short, uh, I'll be posting that to the YouTube channel, and uh, you guys can see some of the footage that we got there. But so from a mounting perspective, it was just that single clamp arm that I was kind of using, sure. and a lot of manual. Um, on the kayak, though, uh, on my on my new canoe, I wound up getting a. Uh, it's actually a Hobie. It's a it's a ram arm, 
um, but it's got this uh, this Hobie mount that you hook up to it, and it's it's basically based on that Ramball yeah 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 of, yeah, yeah, yeah concept. Sure. And um, so last time we went out on your lake, I wound up yeah hooking that up. Me and Camden yeah, yeah. were going yeah. tan- tandem. Sure. And um, I, you could actually see it. I, I'm gonna have to play with the. I didn't like the angle. Sure. But uh, I definitely want to get one up front for sure. And I, that's why I was asking about what did you use to mount that up front? Yeah, so. no, I, um, you know, going to mounts and stuff like that. So I actually purchased my GoPros through Best Buy. And when I bought them, they had a deal going on where if you buy one of those GoPro Hero Black 5s, you got a free, S- free SD card. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know... You're saving like forty bucks. Was right it thirty there. gig? Thirty? I mean, sorry, thirty-two gig. Thirty-two gig. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, I was talking to the kid there, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I want to get some mounts and stuff." And he's like, "Look, he's like, all these GoPro mounts are like twenty to thirty dollars a piece." Right. There's a company called uh, I think it's a Insignia or There's something. A bunch of, yeah, yeah. And they have a a kit. And it was fifty bucks, and it was like with everything hat thing. Yeah, it, the hat thing, um, the chesty that I yep. use. Um, it came with the the stick on clamps. Sure. Yep. Um, I mean, there was a bunch of stuff in there. There's some stuff I haven't even used yet. There's one that's got like a bobber handle on it, right? So you could leave it like kind of floating in the water. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, but it was fifty bucks. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, well worth it to yep. get a good variety for like a cheap price. Mm-hmm. And I've had no issues with any of that sure. stuff I got from sure. there. So, sure. I mean, it was definitely worth the 50 bucks to me. But, you know, like you're saying, like I have one of those Ram mount poles too that I found actually at uh, the paddle shop. Got it. It was in like the sale bin or something. Sure. And I grabbed it and picked it up and it slides in the track and then it's got a yeah, ball yeah. mount there and then a yeah, ball yeah. mount on top so you can pivot the camera and stuff so i mean there's a ton of different options and stuff um as far as camera equipment goes or basic stuff i mean if you want to just get into like shooting some you know just cool little videos you know pick up one of the knockoff cameras you know sure i mean me personally i've invested a little bit more money into my camera stuff just because you know, I've been doing some of this video sure, stuff for sure. like years, so I'm like kind of snobbish about it. Sure, you know? sure. Um, you know, like gas station coffee versus Starbucks. You know, sure. so um, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is is if you want to get artistic with it, YouTube channel, like the the editing aspect is where you really need to focus your time right. on. You and know, money, that's yeah. going to be time, I, not necessarily money. There's a lot of free programs out there that. You know, we'll get you by for what you need to do. Sure. But, but to do it right. Or to, to do, do it right yeah. and get the clean cuts and stuff like that, which, you know, I still struggle with a little bit, especially when I'm having computer issues like last night. That's because so, you're all 4K, bro. Shoot. It's too big. I had almost 70 gigs well, of saying. video <laughs> like on there, and my laptop was like, yeah, you need to uh, delete, delete, delete. Right. I can't function. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. I think it's uh, it's cool to see um all the videos that different people post you know getting different perspectives from different anglers and different tricks and things like that you know i'm a firm believer in that um you know just in my line of work i've worked with several different um people over the years in my trade and i could probably go through and name 
a little trick that I've learned from each one of them, sure. which is crafted into my own sure. becoming. And, you know, it's unique, like, you know, fishing with Scott, fishing with you, fishing with Jay, you know, fishing with my old man, fishing sure. with friends, you know. You, you learn something Pick new from everybody, sure. and then you kind of, you know, come up with your this, own thing. Yeah, yeah, or become a better fisherman and just in general. Right. So, right. you know, and even like this video thing, like we've talked about, when you can turn around and look at yourself and critique what you're doing. You know, because I did miss some fish when I was fishing that crayfish. And sure. it, that's exactly what it was from because there was a clip in my video where I missed. I hooked into a big one, but he was barely hooked and he got off. Yeah. And the foghorn was be, in that video clip was because of my language. No, I, I cut, figured as I much. cut that out. I didn't know if he caught on <laughs> I to that. Yeah. But. Well, you know what I'm thinking, though? Really from a kayak perspective, I think if someone wants to get started just filming in a kayak, what I, I guess from my the way I think about it is... I don't want to make it into a plastic castle where I'm not fishing. Sure. And at the same time, Just, too, at the same time, too, I, 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 I want to get some interesting shots. So I think at a bare minimum, I think having a bow camera yeah, and a stern camera, camera and a stern yeah and then you can kind of get both views so if something's off camera on one of them it's probably going to come into camera sure 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 and, sure. Then, and then on top of it too batteries and and that kind of thing can be problematic meaning swapping them out sure, sure not sure, knowing sure. they ran out etc right. so one of the things i've been playing with is uh, you buy those you know your cell phone charger that's like a it's basically just a huge battery that'll charge your cell phone for five or you know, 10 times and then actually running USB cables to those so that literally turn them on. Sure. And then I just go fishing. Yeah. And then, you know what? I, I, I know the cameras are going to be on. They're going to last me about six hours. Sure. And, and away we go. I mean, there's pros and cons to doing that. And that's like, I pretty much do what you say. Sure. Like when I get in my kayak, I hit record and leave it be. Leave it be. And then yep. I go through and do all the editing and post-production. Right. Sure. Um, but that could be a pain. And that's oh, why sure. I had sure. so much footage on my computer where it was starting to crash sure. as I was editing last For night. Sure. But, um, you know, or there's some guys that'll just hit record and whatnot. But, yeah, I think that bow, you know, if you have one pointing out of the front, one towards you or vice versa, um, you're going to get some good footage either way. Sure. If you had one little camera and you were stuck with one thing, I'd have, say, like you said, put that thing on the bow, have it facing towards you, and just record some footage because you can get catching the fish, your reaction to the bite of the sure. fish. I mean, I think that's the stuff I personally enjoy the most when I watch YouTube videos and things like that is getting more of the reaction and then seeing the fish afterwards, sure. you know, so to speak. So, sure. you know, you can pick up a lot of stuff on that. But what I was going to tell you is I, you know, speaking of YouTube and stuff, I was watching some other gentleman's uh walk through on a bona fide his okay. setup yeah yeah he was using a rc lipo 8s battery to power his depth finder and his lights and he said he can get no like way. eight hours out of it no way so i know you got some lipo I've batteries got many of those so do i so <laughs> i just thought of it as we were talking you know yeah, hooking yeah, battery yeah, power idea, and stuff yeah. up so, you know, there may be a way to do it that way where you, right. you know, rig up a USB port to a remote control car battery. Yeah. You know, some of those LiPo batteries are oh, super sure. powerful. Sure they are. You know, I've so. got a 6S down here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just some different different options. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I guess you guys, the listeners, could give us some feedback if you want us to go more in depth on, you know. Or at least give us some more ideas. Yeah, you know, more ideas. Yeah, 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 definitely, for sure. We like like getting the feedback. We got that feedback uh, last episode from yep. uh, our man Jacob up in 
Wisconsin. So hopefully he's uh, slamming some fish now that he knows how to set up and read his depth finder. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, uh, you know, we both had some pretty epic trips and, you know, caught some fish. We got some stuff coming up. It was awesome. But I have to tell you, you brought your kayak with you and I missed mine. Yeah. So I'm glad to be home. I was spoiled. I was spoiled. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. I was very, very fortunate, you know, to have mine. But, uh, you know, it was either that or I had to use an old rowboat. And no. Yeah. That wasn't my type of no, deal. No, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. I was you. ripping across the lake in, a, in my kayak, and uh, my daughter actually brought hers as well, the Pelican. And uh, my wife went out in the rowboat, and so did my son. And then we had a little jet ski up there we were playing with, too, which nice. was also a good time. Nice. We got a little sunburn. So uh, I guess we're on to our last uh, segment. Campfire Tales. Only this time I don't like it. Why? What happened? Well, because I'm on the hot seat. Oh, <laughs> boy. At least it's not me for once. What happened? So um, this is the most non-fishing, fishing-related story yeah. that you'll ever hear. Let's hear um, it. That's a total disaster. Anyway, um, so it's 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 the Thursday before I'm leaving for Canada. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm, I work out of my house, I got a home office. And, uh, so as I'm working and like, you know, jumping on calls, I do, I do sales. So I sure. jump on these WebExes and stuff. And, um, as I'm kind of oh. working in between, I decide to, uh, I decide to start going through my lures and making sure I got everything I need. I just realized where this was going. I forgot all about this. <laughs> this is so great. So great. So I'm going through all my lures, right? And I'm yep. like trying to organize and trying to get everything into a single tackle box and make sure I got all my bases covered. And uh, so I'm going through and I come across these old cranks and uh, they're new cranks, but I've never used them. Sure, sure. And um, long story short, I'm like doing something. All of a sudden I look at the clock and I realize I've got a 130 WebEx I'm hosting with yeah. like a company that's like high profile and all sure. this stuff. And I'm, you know, the... The CIO is going to be on the call and all this stuff. So I'm like, all right. Stop fiddling with my... Stop fiddling with my lures, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I go ahead and I throw... I drop a lure on my chair, my office chair, which is like a mesh thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, sure. And you know how hooks yeah. and mesh it's, don't they, mix yeah, not at, at all. all. So uh, I, I start up the WebEx and I look down and I can't sit down because I got this lure <laughs> sitting in my... It's like in my chair, right? So I go to pull it and it won't come out. So I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like trying to work it out without destroying my chair and all this stuff. And all like, in the meantime, you know, trying to talk during your WebEx. All, all the meanwhile, the guys are like loading in. It's like yeah. 15 people on this call, 20 <laughs> people on this call. And uh, I'm like, all right, you know, we'll you know, get started in a minute. Let, let everyone get in. in. And, and so I, I go grab my, my needle nose and uh, I go to yank the lure out. And I drive it into my other finger on my opposite hand. <laughs> it happened so fast oh yeah and i oh, didn't yeah. even re- it always does and i remember looking at my finger going now what do i do sure yeah sure you know what? sure you're in the middle of this webex it just started you can't leave you gotta you gotta I got a lure hanging off my hand oh uh, and uh i've and- had it happen to me twice and i'll share it after you're done just so you don't feel bad so I, uh, I'm looking down. I mean, this hook's buried. Yeah. It's like right next to my nail, and it's like toward the center of my finger. Like, there's no way this thing's coming out. You posted a picture of this I on did. Instagram. I did. Yeah. And um, so long story short, I had to do this hour plus WebEx uh, with a lure hanging out of my hand. And then I proceeded to go to the emergency, emergency room, room afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But an hour and a half of agony. Oh, yeah. I'm just sitting there and like, you know. 
Yep, yep. Hurry yeah. up, hurry up. Are we done? Are yep. we done? Are we done? <laughs> Any other questions? All right, see ya. I'm going to the emergency room. Oh, man, so that's, that's my that's my campfire tale, which really wasn't campfire related, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I disaster related well, for sure. I've had it happen to me twice, and one was actually in Scott Purge's boat. The other one was with a friend of mine, uh, ice fishing. Uh, the ice fishing one, you know, I had my I had a Jeep Wrangler at the time, and I would put my shack in at an angle so the back was sticking sure. out. You know, Jeep Wrangler isn't very big, so I'd open the trunk, drop it down, and then slide it out. Well. We dropped it down, went to slide it out, and I had my bucket of rods in there. And one of the tips got caught on the seatbelt. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, as you can picture, pulling it out, tips bending. Once it reaches the end, it flips up. There was a little uh, jigging spoon with a little treble hook on it. Caught me right in the tip of the nose. Nice. Buried into the barb. I look at my buddy. I'm like, dude, I have a hook in my nose. You have to pull this out. (laughs) He's like, no way, man. I can't pull that out. I'm like, what do you mean you can't pull it out, dude? I have a freaking hook in the tip of my nose. You have to get this out. He's like, no, man, that's gross. I can't do that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Middle of winter, probably January or February, dead cold. The side mirror of my driver's side door and a pair of pliers yanked the hook out of my nose. Worst thing ever. Luckily, it was a tiny treble hook. The other time, I was fishing with Scott up on Green Bay, pulling cranks, net a fish. I reached down into the net. There was another rod going off, so you know I had Scott grabbing that while I was sure. going to unhook this fish. Right as I go to grab the fish by the gills, he kicks, and the one hook went through my finger, and it's still connected to the fish. That's awesome. So the fish decided to continue to kick while this hook is in there, and I'm like, hey, Scott, hey, Scott. He's like, ignore me. I'm like, Scott, I have a hook in my hand. I need your help. He's like, I got a fish. I need the net. I'm like, dude, I need your help. Like, you know, I got this hook. Dude, so he ended up unhooking the fish. So at least it wasn't kicking anymore. But sure. I ended up, you know, it was close enough where I could push the barb through, snip it. Snip it. And then pull yeah. it back out. Well, that's what I wanted to do is just push it through, but it was buried toward the center of my finger. Yeah, the way it was in your finger, there was no way. way. Yeah, see, mine kind of hooked the side of my finger where I, you know, kind of went in the side and came out the top. It's still nasty. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's still nasty. I don't wish a hook upon anybody. Well, the first time I got a hook in my hand, I was up in Canada with my father, um, and it was up in Edina, and we were catching northerns like crazy. Sure. And I had the same thing happen where. you get cocky because yeah. you're catching them all week. Yep, yep. And I just I, I went to unhook this this northern. I got hooked to the fish just like sure. you did. Yep. But my saving grace was the fish thrashed, and he actually ripped it right out of my hand. Oh no, kidding! So like the fish cured it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. And then sure, I was bleeding. Sure. I was like, yeah. thanks, so thankful yeah. the fish did that. You know what I mean? Thank you, Mister Fish. I'll <laughs> right, let you live right, this right. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you, man. But get out. <laughs> Hooks in, in any extremity are, are never Especially good. Especially in your home office. Not good. <laughs> I think you would call me and you're like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> and you're like going through the story and I'm like, what is it that I'm not going to believe? And then you're like, and then the hook went in my finger. <laughs> and I had to continue the WebEx and I'm like, oh, man. Well, it was even funnier when I went to the emergency. It wasn't even, it was like one of those out. Patient yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And I'm sitting in the waiting room, and I've got a lure that I'm holding on to. It looks like I'm... <laughs> They're like, like, what's up with like this Like, I won't let go of my lure. Look at this fisherman. Oh, He's yeah. totally committed. <laughs> Takes his crankbait everywhere with him. That's funny. That's stupid. Oh, man. <laughs>
man. Well, I think that uh, concludes another episode, my yeah, friend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, definitely some uh, good trips, some good fish. Little, for sure. Little info for you guys on uh, camera rigging and stuff and things like that. So, um, yeah, definitely check out the new YouTube channel. Like I said, uh, I got the Hayward video up, my demo video. Scott's going to be uploading his uh, Canada trip video. Um, I got some bunch of other footage that I'm dreading going through because there's hours and hours and hours of it. But I'm going to get through that, get it uploaded. So if you go to YouTube, just search uh, Paddle, the letter N, and Finn, just like all our other outlets. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram. Uh, shoot us an email. You got a question or want to hear us uh, talk about a topic or a guest or something of that nature, Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Com. And also, uh, you could send us a voicemail on the Anchor podcast app, and we could play it on a future episode and, you know, answer your question, uh, hear your comments, uh, whatever it is. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. So, for sure, you know, the channel is continuing to grow. We're, you know, Instagram's gaining more followers, the YouTube. So, everything's starting to take off. And uh, we really appreciate you guys. And, you know, the feedback that we've gotten thus far and, you know, we hope we're helping you out um, or at least entertaining you a little bit and just want to say thanks for that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. so until next time, hope you guys got tight lines and big fish. Tight lines. We'll talk to you. Till next time. <laughs>